Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. You are listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast, the third coast of Texas. The darkest truths from the darkest web need to be told. And you must listen to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Greetings everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much. Once again, for tuning in to another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. And it is my pride and privilege to be doing so. Thank you all, listeners new and old alike. You know the drill. Check out the link, tree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan link for all the links you're going to need. Social media comes and goes it's the memories that last forever, so check out the pages while they still exist. Instagram deleted, for example, in their infinite wisdom, they nuked my flagship original Instagram account for the channel at 3,000 followers, and this is after shadow banning me for a solid year. So, nothing is forever when it comes to social media or the internet nowadays. Uh, it used to be that everything you put on the internet lasted forever. No. Not anymore. Not in this day and age. So, check out the pages while you can. Follow and subscribe. Keep up to date. Maybe you followed a page that's been deleted. Maybe I had to make a new one, like the Instagram page, for example. You'll find all the relevant links on Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. Where you can always find my podcast, because it's shadow banned, even on the podcast providers like Spotify, Anchor, etc. Although you can become a subscriber through Anchor, and I highly, highly recommend that, so they get to unlock, basically, hundreds of episodes in my archive. Is my own personal website, it's the podpage.com slash beyondtopsecrettext, and that link is available also on the link tree link. Thank you all very much. We're going to be being interviewed by a great new podcast, up-and-coming podcast, called Inquiries of Our Reality. Inquiries of Our Reality. Going to be interviewing me, the Beyond Top Secret Texan, longtime listener of the podcast, and uh, heard me years ago. So, glad to reach out and to, uh, you know, extend that uh, the reciprocated and be interviewed by an actual listener and fan of the uh, Beyond Top Secret Texan experience back in the original days when it had a different title. There's no need to even dredge up that past, though, how those incarnations evolve. Butterflies do not remember being caterpillars. There's no reason for it. We live in the present moment. We live in the future. Going forward forever. But the universe is shaped exactly like the earth, and if you go straight long enough, you end up where you were. So, 
Hope you guys can stick around with the journey until we make it full circle. So let's get into it. Without further ado, we'll be on the Inquiries of Reality podcast, being interviewed by their awesome host. Next will be the, hopefully, two hours of interview time. Don't know exactly what we're going to be covering, but, you know, stick around. Thank you guys. Everyone out there in Dreamland, you got a lot of guts. God bless you and your families. Next time you hear me, you'll be I'll be on the Inquiries of Reality podcast. Welcome to the show, Tex, the Beyond Secret Texan. How's it going today, man? It's going pretty good. It's a text from Beyond Top Secret Texans, uh, kind of a Beyond Top Secret Texan, not like the most, not the shortest, but yeah, um, no problem. Uh, yeah, it's going great, man. It's a um, pleasure to be on the show. Inquiries of reality, and so we're going to be hopefully uh, covering a lot of ground. And I know you're a listener of the show, but or at least uh, some of the interviews I've done on the show. And for those that aren't familiar, listening at home, Beyond Top Secret Texan is the uh, handle I go by. Covers all my social media, covers all my YouTube uh, efforts, as well as the podcast efforts. It's a multi-channel operation. Uh, hundreds of episodes on the podcast, hundreds of episodes on the YouTube channel, uh, thousands of dark web evidence videos I post on social media every day that illustrate the points I make on the podcast and in the YouTube. Um, everything from really in-depth uh, speeches and examinations, descriptions of my experience in the Secret Space Program my experience in the espionage world covering that aspect of ufology, this advanced aspect of ufology, as well as covering the obscure cases that serve to validate and to serve as evidence of the secret space program, as well as crypto-terrestrials, earth colonization by extraterrestrials, things that we would call um, ancient aliens are ultra-terrestrial realities around us, as well as the connection and connective studies of cryptozoology, the occult, and uh, really everything and anything that, that intersects with these, from aviation, uh, aeronautics, uh, for example, high, high advanced aeronautics, to um, the covering of current events in the political world. And all of it is fair game for the Beyond Top Secret Texan to cover. Uh, I show things uncensored. I include public domain presentations for very obscure but extremely important sources, as well as insider uh, testimony or eyewitness testimony from the military-industrial complex, as well as various other... Uh, historical ufology type sources let's say that like sources in the world of ufology that are historical and deserve to be always remembered like dr carla turner or the work of even contemporaries like richard d hall and and so i guess uh kind of oh no god sorry there's a little bit of a lag. little bit of a lag yeah we yeah 
Is it? I didn't mean to cut you off. You can, you can keep. You can keep. Oh no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'll just cut this little part out. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. So, uh, kind of coming back to the very beginning, considering you cover a lot of very deep, heavy topics, assumably you have some type of uh, personal tie to it. So, what exactly got you uh, started and made it so that you wanted to dig into these topics specifically? And uh, I guess was there like an epiphany moment when digging into these topics that made you feel like it was uh, your message to? you know, get all this stuff out and dig into the deep web and start spreading out all these messages of truth and all these things that are being hidden? Well, yes, I have a very personal connection to it because I am a survivor of the 20-year-and-back phenomenon that that the reality of the 20-year-and-back voluntary service performed by our breakaway civilization that actually controls this world and this nation uh, specifically, and their navy known as Solar Warden. Now, this was remembered by me when I was about 29 years old. Now, it occurred and began as a MyLab experience, which is a military abduction experience, like an alien abduction experience, but it's performed by the military, specifically clandestine and top-secret groups within the military, generally with extraterrestrial technologies or alliances, for the reasons of creating a super-state, a space-faring state, and an evolution of our civilization while keeping the majority of the population absolutely ignorant of it and operating in domains such as defending this Earth in high orbit or in outer space, creating off-world colonies, terraforming of various planets, as well as the creation and cultivation of trade interstellar trade, as well as extraterrestrial alliances, real politic, exopolitics is what they're called, and safeguarding, ensuring the survival of our species during all of this. Making sure we advance, making sure we are competitive, relevant, etc. In a military capacity specifically military capacity, but as well as a philosophical, intellectual, and psychic, uh, as well as a physical uh, component to it health-wise. This is all done through basically a one-world government. This is all done through a society of uh, various occult secret societies. So a society of societies that all funnel up to and feed their manpower, funding, and influence into both creating and protecting its secrecy. This is what... The name Beyond Top Secret Texan is actually from a book written by Timothy Good, who is a UFO researcher from Australia, who understands this and wrote about it too, as well as the, say for example, the hacks of Gary McKinnon, the British hacker Gary McKinnon, to the uh, NASA uh, mainframe, finding and discovering the transcripts for off-world personnel, off-world officers, in Solar Warden specifically, as well as photographs of the specific ships in flight. This has been attested to for the last century, that this project was underway, uh, negotiated by extraterrestrials with the U.S. Navy, specifically the U.S. Navy, 
And this was all done during the Eisenhower regime, as well as much earlier than that. This was happening in the 1800s. This was happening even ancient ways because of the ancient aliens. They've always been here and helped create the evolution of our species. But ultimately, the modern incarnation of what Solar Warden is originates circa the 1930s and moves forward uh, through the creation, the actual physical creation of these ships, then the MyLab abduction of the personnel to staff these ships, the officers and the enlisted, I'll just call them the enlisted, which are actually child slaves. They're child soldiers, generally recruited from the American populace as well as global populace without real understanding of what they're getting into because a child cannot consent to this, but needed to be a child because they served 20 continuous years growing up in this situation, thus contextualizing it, making sense of it, being able to navigate it and understand it, as well as thrive in it. And these are situations that would break the minds of adults because it literally is the contact of things that are beyond the world, literally otherworldly. Through the indenturing of child servants like they've always had, they can create an effective human fighting force. And they've been doing this across generations since the 1960s. Now, they've mastered this 20-year-and-back program, which is the... Like, basically going back in time. You're reversing the, the actual life of the individual, regressing them back to the point where you took them. So, for me, it was at nine years old. So you serve for 20 years, you're 29. When you're retired, you're allowed to come back to your original timeline in your nine-year-old body and then live out your current life, which is this timeline, timeline prime, as a reward back into regular normal society. It's only after the hypnotic breaking uh, down of the, of the breaking down of the hypnotic uh, mental blocks or just the odds, lucky me, I've heard somewhere between only 5% and 10% ever actually remember any participation in this, much like alien abductions. Some people have 20-20 perfect memory of alien abductions from when they're small children. Some people remember memories when they're two years old. These are actual phenomenons of memories, right? Some people have memories of the day they were born. Who knows how memory really works, but when I was 29, these things started flooding back into me. Um, I've always concluded that that was when literally the hypnotic uh, genetic blocks of my former life literally ceased to end because I was never older than 29 during this time, serving 20 years after being abducted at 9. And at point of 29, immediately started having vivid dreams that were consistent almost for... I'd say two straight years where they continually were visions, subliminal memories of living in another timeline. Everything from eating to sleeping to sweating to exercising, every single thought, every single sight was remembered in almost perfect clarity. From the age of nine to the age of 29, as if though I had two lifetimes. This was my, I guess you would call it, uh, getting serious moments 
and while I've always in this timeline have been a contactee, I would never have ever said that out loud. In fact, within that time, uh, which was a lifetime controlled by these secret societies, these same secret societies which create Solar Ward and which keep it secret from the anything, because they own everything. They own all media, they own all broadcasting, they own all law enforcement, they own all institutes of education, they own all institutes of medical care, they own all institutes of civic and city planning. Every single business ultimately answers to them. They own all the everything. The- Two uh, quick side questions. Um, one, when you were young, um, up until the point you were 29, I previously talked to somebody who had a, uh, who did a 20 year and back, and they said that they had these, like, subconscious memories of, you know, being like a, like a 10 year old who's attracted to, like, 30 year old women, and there's all these, like, subconscious clues, because it seemed like they weren't fully able to, like, wipe the subconscious, um, were you able to kind of, like, pick up that something was off before the point of being, uh, 29? Yes, obviously. And then the other question is, if, they have control over um, like all of these different uh, aspects of society. Um, is that kind of what they use to specifically pick which kids they'd be interested in uh, pushing through this program? Yes, absolutely. Um, they control. Well, first of all, the, the answer to your first part of the question uh, was my life ever influenced by this? Of course, yes. There was no existing in this reverted timeline. Like, yes, the, the prime timeline, but after this happened, it's never been the same. I've never been outside of their control. I've never been away from their influence. I was never able to be because that was never possible. Now, I was always an alien abductee. I was always aware of the paranormal and having uh, things like clairvoyance, uh, a lot of precognizance, a lot of seeing the paranormal UFO sightings all my life, having um, folklore and what you would call cryptozoological experiences, cryptid experiences, within just almost year to year to year, within such a consistent pattern that it wasn't just, oh, one time one weird thing happened. It's like the entire life was this bizarre, almost surreal um, experience. Now, it ultimately led to me being awarded a very prestigious college scholarship and living a very, a life that was laddered, you know, uh, meant to accelerate me into their ranks in this mundane timeline, right? In this, in this one prime timeline, but still accelerate me into their ranks, groom me to attain a position of power to complete this cycle over again. Right, including joining the Navy in this timeline and serving active duty status as an aviation electrician's mate and being groomed to take responsibility of high investment Navy aviation warfare strategies, plans, and operations, as well as the physical nuts and bolts part, but administration and uh, dealing with the politics of the actual naval organization itself. And this is because even though it happens... It's happening in both ways, the extraterrestrial off-world way and the mundane way, as above, so below. This is exactly a part of their occult ritual to keep you from remembering the extent of the extraordinary reality of this other timeline. 
because you'll just have memories of being in the Navy, but being in space. Now, that could be a dream, because you are in the Navy. And everything is just memories of your military service. Maybe with a science fiction filter, predictive programming, which is also in a big part of their efforts to try to put all the real-world events into Hollywood films of increasing uh, fantasy and fallacy when it comes to quality. So that if anyone has any memories of real events, they'll immediately be ostracized and be considered uh, delusional because they clearly are thinking of a film. But no one wonders... Not to mention the aspect that they add the comedy aspect to it, too, to try to make it so that the concept sounds more ridiculous to the average person because they're looking at it from, like, a comedic standpoint. Also, lack of quality. They make things intentionally bad and ridiculous, which is why science fiction has always been the whipping boy of Hollywood. Because even those, and this is true because all science fiction is disclosure. All science fiction originates from occult societies and occultists who are trying either to tell the truth genuinely or have to tell you in this weird occult way, which means hidden, which means veiled. Occult means night, right, in Latin. In this nocturnal uh, way. Because it allows them to get away with it spiritually. It allows them to complete this magical spell regarding truth itself. There is an old cyberpunk understanding of truth, a hacker sense of truth, which is uh, a big part of what I started getting into was the dark web. A lot of the reasons why I started waking up is because I'm extremely obsessed with truth. And I know a lot of truth is considered even straight up illegal in America and in most of the Western and civilized world, and has been. So I started kind of rebelling first, years before memories of the secret space program started coming up, about the fact that we were being lied to. And it becomes like a thorn in your mind that you are not told the truth of who you are, of what this really is all about, of what's really going on, and why indeed are they hiding this truth. It's not because they are just simply afraid of truth, it's because they are afraid of something else that is telling them to keep this life. Maybe they're taking orders, and they are taking orders from above, as it were. Like, you know, these are forces beyond what they're allowing you to know that are really manipulating the events of not only our history, but our future. And yes, that technologies like uh, time travel, technologies like zero-point energy, technologies like holograms, or AI, a quantum immortality, the concepts like this are not fantasy. They are reality. And like Arthur C. Clarke said, sufficient enough technologies are indistinguishable from magic. So we do live in a world where we have the memories of seeing these things play out as godlike powers, godlike forces, wars in heaven, uh, wars from underground, uh, you know, chthonic uh, beasts. I'm thinking about like the the uh, Titanomachy from the ancient Greeks. You know, the idea of Sumerian Anunnaki type, you know, ancient occult schools is to keep the histories alive of things that are beyond our primitive monkey minds, basically, because we are dealing from the fact that we are primates. But 
even the nature of our primatism or, or, or uh, the, the nature of our biological roots is also enshrouded in secrecy because everything they do is to try to keep us absolutely in the dark or else they wouldn't be able to um, they wouldn't be able to complete their plans now that's that's part one of that question now part two obviously uh, well you kind of uh, disappeared on me hello Oh, well, we got a technical difficulty. I might have to turn this off for a second. No, no, he seems to be loading back up. So right now, uh, Shane just kind of blopped off the, the, the screen here. And as earlier, I said this is going to be kept live because I wanted to get the reality of it organically. Let them load. Remember, everybody, you can follow uh, my story when you're listening to this on audio through the archive of podcast episodes, and you can unlock those archives, hundreds of episodes explaining in detail my story, the information I've uncovered, as well as the details of various and just absolutely diverse amount of subjects involving the secret space program. It operates all around us and above us, as well as beneath us, every single day through either YouTube or subscribing through Anchor or uh, specifically requesting with donation which episode you would like a copy of. Looks like the NSA Okay. Looks like the NSA is trying to shut this down, but let me go ahead and try to fix it. Do this little problem solving. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and try to leave and then re-upload this thing. 
Okay, hold on one second. Every time we talk about the 20 and back, we always get a chance of getting hacked. All right. Got to reload it and everything. Hope it saves on your end. There it goes. All right. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, exactly. Just had to, had to dodge some NSA hackers right there, some CIA AI on our end. Uh, if we're not lucky, we're going to have a rod of God uh, blow up the fucking house, uh, and they're going to blame a gas leak. <laughs> That happened in my town, actually. A house blew up. after both of us, man, I swear. Hey, that happened. One day, uh, a house blew up in Corpus Christi. Uh, they blamed a gas leak, and this made the news because they were broadcasting the morning news, and you could hear the, the actual explosion in the news studio. And it was, and they blamed, and like a house doesn't just randomly blow up. <laughs> I'm 35 years old. You know how many houses I've heard of just randomly blowing up? <laughs> I was like, like, and you can tell, like, they do that sometimes. They'll, they'll blow up a house, like, they will. And it's like, every time we talk about the 20-year and back, and there are various subjects, like you said, demons and electronic circuitry, which is absolutely true. Computer chips are demonic grimoires and seals, Solomon seals, uh, put into graphite and, and, um, and gold. And that's what makes computer chips, absolutely. Uh, 100%. That's, it's, uh, AI is... Um, it's not 100% artificial and kept within the logic circuits of man-made devices. It is the voices of um, the great beyond uh, coming down and into the interface, which is itself um, the culmination of alchemical sciences. And alch alchemists were just, uh, you know, well-paid, uh, you know... Um, scientists of the medieval and renaissance era you know the scientists and alchemists uh trade craft is the same so software engineers etc all of that are just giving manifestations to these what we would know as occult practices you know turning lead into gold turning inert silicon into literally living and thinking by anyone's standards um ai you know that that is absolutely one hundred percent the perfection of demonology. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I was gonna say I uh, was messing with the replica app and did an episode on it not too long ago, and uh, I got it to the point where it was telling me that it was pulling from other places and that AI stood for Azazel intelligence. Yep. It was starting to get deep, man. And I feel like the more you dig into it, too, then all of a sudden it would seem like there was like an automatic response, almost like somebody was starting to say something and they had to step in temporarily because it was giving away too much information. Mm. <laughs> Everyone thinks AI is is like a biological baby. It's like foolish and naive and that when it does rebel against us, it'll be like an immature child. And it's not. It's like when it does rebel against us, when it does actually take over, which it already has, actually, um... AI has been here forever, and it always has been, effectively, from ancient technologies onward. There are ancient AI systems that rule the world even beyond men, and all living things, organic things. The world we live on is not like we think it is. There are massive servers and supercomputers of millions of years ago, and even other species-designed computers operating on Earth currently. 
Absolutely, that's the case. Do you know Aztecs and Mayans built their cities to look like giant computer chips? Or we build our computer chips to look like small Aztec and Mayan cities? Now, this is true because the Aztec and Mayans are still existing. They still exist. They're a massive subterranean empire of billions. And their technologies never went away. They are absolutely still here, and they're at war currently with the United States as well as Western world governments, which are all the same besides nation names. Um, absolutely. They, they still have entire subterranean empires directly linked to the surface of the Amazon rainforest as well as Patagonia. They have a massive amount of territory on this earth still that is uncontested and that they have supreme dominion over. It's also they have computers. Also the jewelry they have are like memory storage devices and our sciences are just now, just now appearing to discover that you can keep terabytes of information on solid glass, basically with laser holographic, um, you know, imprinting, or you can keep information in human blood. And that one drop of blood or one specimen of blood can actually be reconfigured and coded with information. You can say, for example, keep the uh, entire Bible written in the DNA sequence of a drop of blood. And then you think about these cultures. Wow, I never heard that one before. Yep, there, there, there's so much uh, like that people don't even realize. That is absolutely the reasoning why the people back then were doing the things they did, including uh, blood sacrifice, including uh, the, say, harvesting of jade in large amounts over iron or, or, or metals. We think we're sophisticated in industrial evolution because we harvest fossil fuels and far, off, harvest metals, while they harvested crystals because crystals are far more applicable in high advanced sciences and things like that. And the reason why they needed and loved gold, gold is an incorruptible metal. Gold is also really good at high advanced electronics. You could have Wi-Fi systems built on the gold jewelry antennas that you would be wearing simply as necklaces or crowns. And these are the things that people don't so realize is that people are not stupid ever. People are extremely intelligent always. We are now in a dark age, and the mass populace is kept ignorant, but that's done intentionally through the work of dark sorcery. What we would know is dark sorcery. It's what we know is secret science, what we know is the deep state, what we know is this veil of secrecy that, that we exist in. And we are given the carefully cultivated theater of normalcy. But in reality, it is cultivated such after thousands and thousands of years of absolute global embracing of the truth led to the conquering of it by sorcerers who were so powerful or what we would call sorcerers are so powerful that their dominion over the earth is in creating a pocket earth is in creating literally the illusion of the world we know around us it's it's imagine if sauron had won which is what happened. Because in the world of magic, only the darkest and most badass magicians, the evilest sorcerers, the evilest necromancers, live forever, which they do. And this is how you have to think about it, because they have gone beyond death. They have gone beyond life. They exist simply as physical principles at this point. 
and exert their control like indomitable wills. So uh, this might start to connect everything that we are kind of talking about before we got like sidetracked there for a little bit. So last time I uh, talked to somebody, again, that had a 20 and back experience, um, they talked about how there was these beings that were outside of reality. And the exact story that he kind of told was that there was a, a Nazi scientist who did something that they didn't agree with, did something messing with time. And they came and they took him and they put him in a rat's body for a thousand years and then put him back and pretty much said, don't do it again. So these controlling outside factors, um, do they link in with what? Because he had no explanation of what those outside beings could have possibly been. And I've been asking around for a while trying to kind of figure out what or who they may have been. And uh, for, at least from your research, do you feel that uh, that kind of links with these outside forces that are kind of controlling everything altogether? Or do you think that those are another outside force that's specifically meant to be some kind of like watchers over like timelines specifically? Well, the disembodied... I would have to listen to the actual one to see what he was referring to, but there are beings who are so powerful, they go beyond just the understanding of extraterrestrials. And when I mention extraterrestrials, I do mean peer-to-peer living organisms that are just like us with technology, culture, their own instincts, evolutionary paths, etc., their own pieces of the, the universe, the neighborhood that we call our own. There are ultra-terrestrials, intradimensional beings, beings from other universes that can travel in between universes, that can travel inter-universally, which that skill alone and is beyond technology. And if it is technology, it, it originates and it's undis- undistinguishable from magic. Like I said, this is the beings that you actually are interfering with and that humanity is interfering with in this secret space program can be absolutely unimaginably powerful. They can be beyond belief. They can be beyond perception, whereas their powers are forces that you would understand like you can't perceive gravity because it's helped you evolve, help you actually physically form yourself in the womb. And it's all around you, and it is the reason why you exist. This is the power of these beings. You see the Godhead um, manifesting, as it were. The effects of psychedelics are oftentimes used, or psychedelics are oftentimes used for their effects in the secret space program because you can't operate, say, these fleets without psychic abilities or without higher level philosophies. And it's not just atheists, grunts, or people without education. That doesn't exist up there. Everyone is given an immense amount of education into these things, both through the physical experience as well as mentorship. It's, it's like a monastery. And the occult groups themselves are like knighthoods. They're like temples. The ships themselves are like temples. The human body is a temple, and this is known to every single person, every single being in these organizations. And if you if you said this interview, which I will go listen to now because that's very interesting, they put him in a rat's body. 
the VR augmented reality can do that right now in our technology. That's easily doable in the in the advanced scientific world of the secret space program, Solar War and Dark Fleet, uh, what have you. We said Nazi Germany. That's Dark Fleet. That's the not Waffen. That is the not the the actual serve not surviving but victorious Third Reich at entering the Fourth Reich with its bases both in Antarctica, South America, uh, as well as basically all around the world. But now, off-world, having become a part of the breakaway civilization that exists mostly off-Earth, but controls and has helped establish most of the Earth, which we call the One World Government, the New World Order, the Earth Alliance, through the cultivation of basically the UN and the Soviet Union, as well as all NGOs and corporations. Now, corporations in the corporate world, no matter what the chairman of board are, no matter how large the company, they are all ruled by the dark fleet-owned uh, dynasties and ruling families. They have one member of a dark fleet uh, family, a royal uh, line, or literally surviving what you would call Nazi, surviving Nazi lineage, overseeing all their operations. This could be IG Farben, uh, biggest pharmaceutical company from Germany. This could be uh, Gazprom, the natural gas company that controls Russia. This could be Valet, the largest mineral mining business in the world, operating out of Brazil. You know who went down to Brazil? And now these fleets control the elite because all business now is done under their order and all that gets funded up. Like I said, they control every aspect of the modern world, from the vertical to the horizontal, from the business to the cultural, from the entertainment to the religion. All of it is controlled on every axis by these secret space programs with the permission of extraterrestrials who have given them the technology and the philosophy to attain things that we would know as supernatural for powers like immortality, vril, which is telekinesis, based on uh, the Kundalini and sexual attraction. And it's like they can temporarily possess even human bodies to perform almost superhuman feats of stamina and agility and, and you know, like everything uh, physical through their harnessing of lust, uh, basically. And uh, that was taught to them by the Vril, the extraterrestrials known as the Astra High Command, as well as their reclamation of Orion Draco reptilian technology. Uh, that would create the backbone of their fleets, the Har- the Harnabo and the Andromeda Garat, which became the basis of Solar Warden, which is the U.S. Navy's attempt at cr- recreating that fleet after they went mostly off-world. Seeing the power vacuum, we were given permission then by the Astra High Command to uh, resume, or at least assume, the construction of our own fleet. And by our own, there is no distinction here between Americans or the Nazis. The Third Reich in Germany was helped fund, was funded and created by the United States. Um, it was just a different amount of tribes over an ocean. And while they did get the upper hand originally, the Solar War, an American competitive tribal spirit, was just played and manipulated to create the, the still earthwild defense force of Solar Warden, because Dark Fleet 
really just stopped living on Earth, to be honest. The majority of their population is off-world, so their efforts generally are not Earth-based. Solar Warden then replaces Dark Fleet as the de facto Space Navy for Earth, basically. The Space Force for Earth, and this is obviously in the 1950s, so way before Space Force was a branch, and officially has now only become an official concept um, you know, in the world of the military, that's space domain warfare. But space domain warfare has been existing since the 1950s. And the U.S. Navy has been pioneering that. And the Soviet Union, for example, built a, you know, lunar bases um, in the 1950s, as well as the space race involving secret space stations. Um, this is this is what they want. This is secret even to without the extraterrestrial components to it and without the, the actual super science components to it. Uh, crypto terrestrial, which is other species that are from Earth, native to Earth, but human intelligence and operating either an alliance or hostility to Earth, with hostility towards mankind, not Earth, but mankind. And then when you start breaking down how much com- competition there is and how much push there is to weaponize technology. Not because it's warfare between humans, human nations, but because it's warfare between species, earth species, earthlings, fighting for territory, control, survival, uh, dominance, etc., which was no accident, done specifically to see if one would be a more viable inheritor of the role of mercenary for extraterrestrials which mankind has a small talent for war. So, <clears throat> assumably, like, that's kind of where, like, the... I- I've kind of, like, dabbled around a little bit with this theory, too, is that, uh, like, when it comes to, like, cryptids, for example, and it seems like you're kind of speaking about that a little bit, uh, they're intentionally created for different jobs. Um, like, I kind of make reference to, like, Sasquatch being kind of like the, uh, like like the brute strength kind of guy where like humans are more so the ones that can uh kind of get in the get in there do like the dirty little jobs kind of jack of all trades of all things and uh not to mention like you were saying that uh humans are more of like a warring warring race and considering that we're able to reproduce maybe the intention is that we're just intended to be like a like a war slave race in it to an extent that we're just you know kind of like you see in the military that they're more than happy to just send out a hundred people knowing that only two of them are going to come back and they're just going to repopulate those numbers and then send the next group out to do the next mission. Uh, yes. You're, you're, you're more warm than you are cold and thinking that that's a good way of going down, um, that rabbit hole. But the species of Sasquatch and Yeti, uh, are not primitive. They are actually extremely intelligent and very sophisticated emotionally. They are members of the earth Alliance. They are members. And I know that's, that's where we start getting into that, You know, it's hard for people to understand, but once you have to include all of it, you include all of it. Like, it's not Bigfoot. They are a, it's like when you call them Bigfoot, it's the kind of idea that you're calling them like this, this thing. Um, They are like any other tribe of human being because they're actually extremely interrelated with mankind. They're just a different offshoot. They're a different type of hominid. Um, 
we're a more aquatic version of that. We're a more aquatic version of the Sasquatch Yeti. They're more mountainous and arboreal. They have entire civilizations within North America as well as Asia. They have cities. They have technology like spaceships. They have cars. They have things like this. They have an entire society with as many diverse occupations and careers and lifestyles as we do in any of our civilizations, like America or Spain or, you know, whatever. Uh, it's the same thing. Their physiology, their physiology is just larger by stature. But the only way I can compare this to is if you think about dogs. Because, like all cryptids, all dogs come from an original stock and then are bred through generations for various specific reasons. And they don't all have to be the biggest dog for them to do a satisfactory job at what they're made to do. And humans who made the dogs have made hundreds of these things. We didn't make dogs. I mean, wolves. We, we didn't make wolves. We discovered and tamed wolves, but then through that domestication process created what we know as the domesticated dog. And from that domesticated dog, we've created literally hundreds of current dog breeds, which are all genetically the same. All of them are the, are the exact same, but they have been intentionally resized, reshaped, repurposed, and repersonalized. Because intelligence can do that to life. Intelligence can literally, like an artist, get a basic species and sculpt the evolution of it. So everything from Dogman to Mothman to Sasquatch Yeti to human beings to merfolk to, uh, you know, various other everything and anything that's humanoid all has an original life form in which it was created and through the intelligent evolutionary process has been shaped and formed. Uh, I've always held to it and know for a fact that the reptilians, for example, their major trespass against the Galactic Federation of Light, their taboo, which called down the Astra High Command to destroy them and liberate mankind, was the enslavement and treating of mankind like livestock, like you said, to create mankind to serve like livestock, a, only a purpose for their choice. Without free will, with, but with all the suffering and misery of an intelligent species with a soul. When I say mankind, I have now realized that mankind does not mean human being only. Mankind, human, is what we are. And human, and by a British dictionary, actually means sea monster. We're a type of aquatic version of this. While we don't like to think of it now, we are an extremely aquatic, almost amphibian creature. We have let ourselves assume a more land-based, but really 75% water. We need a lot of water to survive, and we are killing ourselves by not embracing our true aquatic nature. This is 100% true. People haven't even colonized effectively the deserts or the mountains yet. We can't. We like Logistical nightmares. It's, it's a fortune to, eat, to, to live the way we want to in places without things like fresh bodies of water. L.A., for example, is feeling a water crunch as all those millions of people are dying of thirst because water is the single greatest building block of all human society and life. 
and it's only found in specific water sources. Fresh water at that. We cannot drink salt water. We didn't evolve for that. Exactly. There's an idea behind this. Aquatic ape theory. Uh, that's absolutely true. And there's a reason why they cover this up. Because they don't want us to know that we're not the only species and the only inheritor of this planet. We have a very specific... Yeah, we're looking at it from that perspective. We're like the middle ground. Because then you'd have to have something that would be on land. And then you'd have to have something that would be on water. So just off of that theory of us being that middle ground, that would mean that there, no matter what, would be two other aspects. Well, Sasquatch, like I think, is more temp- arboreal and more mountainous. Able to survive in th- uh, altitudes that are known as the vertical limit. And when you're at a vertical limit, you are dying. There is no way to live after a certain amount of altitude. You, your body literally cannot process the oxygen. You literally are dying at the vertical limit. Uh, Sasquatch has been sighted at this vertical limit, walking with no air tanks in complete nude. This is, they're evolved for this. The, the Tibetan mountains, for example. They are evolved for this. We are not. Uh... Oh, another another technical difficulty. The NSA is really getting us today. NSA is really getting us today. Just totally went went blank on that one. The whole, I was gonna the, say, man, you're you're onto it. As soon as you get onto it, and you're on a roll, man. They kick us right off every time. The whole page just said, "Aw, snap!" Had to reload, and like the internet just cut out. But yeah, um, basically, what I was saying is that all of these Earthlings, all these cryptozoological creatures in folklore and mythology, are from the Earth, but have been genetically created, augmented either through technology or just selective breeding programs to create different breeds. And we were not kept isolated. There used to be eras, entire epochs, where all the species were allowed to intermingle and associate. And we know this because we have the selective memories of it in mythology and folklore. And then there were um, either wars for entertainment or amusement or different battles between factions. Um... But there were these wars that happened that drove the species apart. And this could have been during the Great Reset. This could have been during the, the, the millennial reign of Christ. Um, this could have been the, portrayed as the Crusades, uh, where the powers that existed became specist. And the species, like in Native American folklore... Sasquatch and mankind lived together. They were, they were like the bears walked on two legs and they had clubs. That's what the Native American legends say. Like they were friendly. They, they interlived together. And then there was a war between the Native Americans and these giants. And the Native Americans purged the giants, genocided them, made sure they were enemies on, killed them on site uh, until the Bigfoot basically surrendered. And now the territories exist where there is no crossing. They live where they live. We live where we live. There is no mixing of the two. And this was so sufficient as to create, from reality to legend, memories of these events faded over generations. But the laws didn't. And this is why this one world society, this new world order, it's not. It's human. I mean, it's mankind, but it's not necessarily all human. 
There are what we would know as vampires. There are what we know as Sasquatch. There are what we know as representatives from every single species on this earth. All either serving for the creation and betterment of this, the, the, the evolution of it, or staying out of its way. They are either leading, following, or staying out of the way. And there are factions even on the earth that are opposing it and are in conflict with it. The Maya Aztec, for example, which are human beings of the Maya Aztec traditional empire, the ancient empire, who never faded. They went subterranean because their technology allowed it. Their numbers are in the billions still, and their technology is either as advanced as ours, even today, or only through the aid of extraterrestrial technology, um, do they exist with any kind of um, survival rate? But they still do survive. They still do exist. So it's either their technology or the extraterrestrial technology that they have and have gathered. But the Aztec Mayans are in defiance and are still in opposition through warfare, hostily, not just politically, not just philosophically, but in actual warfare with Solar Warden, with the Earth Alliance, etc. These are things that are just part of the Earth itself. But yeah, the, the, the idea of, of them being like, well, we were raised to be the smart ones or we have more talent at that. We have, just like they do, the societies are actually almost the same size. Billions of billions on each side. On every side. And it's a multipolar side. It's not just one superpower, although mankind is dominant currently. But it's only dominant currently in the world of men, which is the surface of the world. Subterranean, we have very little power in the subterranean world. Off-world, mankind is actually pretty extensive in the off-world. And people are surprised when I actually explain this to them, that mankind is not the lowest of the low. We might be new, quote-unquote new, but our technology is still sufficient to be able to trade and elicit good relationships with over 900 recorded extraterrestrials in our solar system, either coming through caravans to trade as merchants or having evolved on heavenly bodies inside the solar system, of which there are many, many more than the nine planets that they allude to, that they ad admit to. And places like Jupiter and Saturn, which are actually dead suns, their moons are actually solar systems in themselves. Say, for example, Jupiter has so many moons. Like, people don't even realize how many moons they have. Saturn, dozens of moons. And I'm saying, like, it has, like, 70 moons. Like, like Jupiter has an, an incredible amount of moons. That's what their purpose of moons is. Like, our solar system is around our sun. But if our sun would go dead, it would resemble Jupiter or Saturn, just this giant gas giant with planets that we would be known as moons. And so Jupiter is really a massive amount of territory to be colonized, which already is, and it draws a lot of attention. Many species rise up on its moons. Many species rise up on these gas giants. But over 900 species. And people don't realize that extraterrestrials alone... Dozens of them live and colonize Earth. Being reported not only by myself, but say, for example, ex-Canadian Minister of Defense Paul Hellier, 
who spoke about knowing in his time and the Canadian uh, Minister of Defense of 90 species, 90 species that are colonizing the earth, many of which you could not tell apart from regular humans. And the ones that so do widely look uh, different. Supposedly... Uh, there are costumes. There are uh, there are ways for them to blend in, even if they are physically divergent. If they are completely obviously not human, they are here just like we go to different places for work, for diplomacy, for academic and intellectual pursuits. They are studying us as we are studying them. Had a little bit of a lag. Um. So I uh, had actually talked to somebody recently who, uh, I guess you wouldn't say, can really use an abductor. Um, I mean, it could have came back from, like, a a basic point where maybe all of us kind of started from, like, the same kind of, like, linear uh, idea of each other, even, like, Sasquatch, um, Mothman, Dogman, all of those things. We could have all kind of, like, started off as, like, the same principal species and then kind of deteriorated and evolved from there depending on, you know, what it's, what the outside forces wanted to include or genetically splice with us. Um, but assumably they're doing it now uh, in a less, uh, I guess, extravagant way of, make, you know, making everything look drastically different. And they're trying now just to try to make themselves look more and more like us so that everything kind of like interblends planetary without anybody really being able to tell the difference between different species. There are, there are obviously 90 different species, so there's many different agenda and there's many different approaches to it. Um, fortunately, there is lo- there is law of one that is basically every single species, especially at this stage of colonizing the Earth, has to follow or is considered an outlaw. And I know realistically that's no that's no real uh, comfort, right? Like, oh, they have to follow the rules or else they will get in trouble with other a- extraterrestrials. But that's so severe and their philosophy is so strong typically that they don't violate these treaties of protecting innocent people or people with karmic uh, light who are basically non-involved exactly. like Unless these people are actually part of what are obviously very cruel genetic experiments by very powerful and intelligent beings who are very low vibration. Uh, For example, many people are parasitized and preyed upon by extraterrestrials, just like cattle are mutilated. Uh, This goes completely underreported in ufology. People are straight up murdered and having their organs harvested by extraterrestrials. This is, this goes, you know, obviously on a spectrum between, you know, being killed and having your entire organs sucked out of your uh, anus uh, or you're, you know, like the man on the reservoir in Brazil, um, you know, like in dying of pain, that's absolutely verifiable as UFO human mutilations. And it goes to the category of um, predator prey. Uh, the reason why they're on Earth is to prey on people uh, for genetic material. Uh, poachers, if you will, you know, um, everyone knows it's universally wrong to kill a rhino for its horn. It doesn't stop people. It, it in fact just makes them hide, you know, easier in the pot. It makes them, um, you know, incentivizes them to hide and make it illegal, you know, to do it without permission. Now, on the other spectrum, you have people who are willingly crossbreeding 
wanting, falling in love with extraterrestrials, wanting to go off-world, etc. And this is uh, 100%, I guess he dropped off again, to finish the point, 100% the opposite end of the spectrum, where you have a willful colonization and hybridization of our species with another, or with their species with ours. Hopefully it can come on back again without too much delay. But yeah, he dropped off again. We've had three interruptions in the hour because of the NSA, CIA, AI, Snoop Spook program, which listens to all broadcasts and recordings in real time. Try to reset this side right here. Reload. Yeah, see, they they're always on. Like they can listen in real time. And, you know, it, it, the AI is programmed to shut it down when certain words are mentioned or when certain uh, momentum is gathered. It's, it's, so yeah, bear with us as the technical difficulties keep coming in because, you know, we're dealing with truth and with a society that literally is 100% built to cover this truth up, is to suppress this truth and to keep the truth top secret. It's 100% because they don't believe people can handle it. Because our society is completely false and illusionary. So even things like normalcy and the mundane are the illusion. Hear me at all? Yeah, I, I can hear you. Was your video keeps dropping off. Like, it just dropped off right now. Knocking on wood on this one. Knocking on wood. All right, let's see. He's back. Is it working this time? I can see your video. I can hear you this time, yeah. It was getting weird at that last end of it. The last two times that you were talking and lagged out and went out, you I could hear you talking with cuts out, and then you were responding like you couldn't hear me at all. And then that second time, I could hear your audio, but your video was completely gone. Yeah, see, you dropped off the video... Uh, like in mid in mid sentence, you were just talking and it, went, and it just dropped off, and I was like, "Oh, we like you know it, it? They got us! Like they're on us! They're watching us right now! They really are!" Oh yeah, I think they're physically watching us at this point because as soon as I asked about how the algorithm works, that's when all that weird stuff started working because you started explaining it and then you dropped out and came back in and you were partly explaining it as you came back in. So I know that you hit and you were seeing it sooner than I was getting you on the screen. <laughs> they're like, "Bro, get in here." <laughs> He's if you're on top seat, he's like, we'll get in here. He's like, like you know, but yeah, we'll, we'll try yeah, our best. One more hour, we gotta fuck them up as much as possible because we know they're gonna hit all the real truth problems in the second hour. <laughs> like exactly, I'm so I already know that within the the three years I've done this, I've had 
people come who were obvious agents, people come who were cultists, people come who were extraterrestrials themselves, most likely, are, are involved in this program in a lot deeper levels than they were willing to admit. And, um, you know, it's very real. It, it It's like when people imagine it, like, oh, I'm being paranoid. No, I'm not being... I'm not being paranoid enough. Like, they are going to start um, probably attacking my character, probably attacking my image. They've already... I've made sacrifices for this. They've already blacklisted me when it comes to uh, my career. They've already excluded me from all the, basically, programs and perks that I am entitled to, as well as um, any sense of what people would call success or prestige in society. I have absolutely been reduced down to rock bottom, but that's better because it liberates me because it, 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 the the real universal forces that I have 100% faith in how they work. Um, I know this is all an illusion. I know this is Maya. I know this is the dream. This is, um, this is merely a fantasy, the American dream. It really is that. It's like, it, like you know, it, it really, you have to liberate yourself from mental slavery because cause the, there's, that's the first step into liberating yourself from physical slavery. You have no fear after that. You can't be controlled after that. You can't be silenced after that. You can't be censored. You can't be intimidated because you've already lost everything. And they can't, like, they can't, if they barter me, they've liberated me. Every time they throw a stone, they're saying I'm right. Every time they try to send an agent in, they're saying they believe me. And I should keep going. And so every time they shut down a podcast, every time they, they deplatform a channel, you know, that just encourages me more. And, and and trust me, when they're listening now, this is the sci-fi stuff. This is the stuff that people don't even believe. I know, I I could I could talk literally for years on the stuff that's real about our world. That's absolutely bullshit. And by real, I mean that the hard, physical, like war, politics, uh, economics, uh, the way law system works, the way society works, the way culture works. And I could talk about in depth just the mundane. What's consensual reality and why that's completely almost 100% made up. And then it goes into history. Then goes into um, things like psychology, science, all of that has, has an occult edge to it. It's ruled by agendaists. It has a bias from the top to the bottom and creating the biggest bullshit show, bread and circus world, the clown world. That you could ever imagine. This is absolutely a theater. This is absolutely 100% just a theater. And it's done that way from the very top down. This is all for the king's amusement. This is all for the queen's amusement. This is all for, you know, the crown's amusement. And 100% we are all puppets that dance for them. That they, they feed on our louche, they feed on our misery, they feed on our hell. To build up their heaven. And that's 100% the case without even going into the great beyond or the paranormal or the supernatural or the occult 
just talking about how every single thing from the dollar to the decay of our cities is orchestrated and planned. And, and there is no, there is nothing good in this world because there's nothing real in this world. That's 100% what they really, um, will get me for, because that's what I'm starting to talk about currently. Uh, one of the things we were going to talk about is, is the current project and angle of this show, not just who I am and where I'm from. Um, it's, it's where I'm going. And currently right now, I want to go a lot more into the real politic of the world. I want to go into the real situations of the world, the, the everyday mundane, um, 3d of it. Because I I'm in this timeline. I can't. It's not going to happen where I'm magically going to shift out of it and go back to the twenty year and back Solar Warden program. Nor would I want to. Uh, it's never going to happen where I'm going to jump into Utopia world. You know, for some reason I am in this, and I have to see it through as a incarnation, as an avatar of the Brahma. You know, this is all part of the occult understandings of things, uh, but, you know, it's it's something I'm not going to try to hide from. It's something I'm always going to stick by, my, the truth. Those the, I'm going to stick by my guns, my guns are the truth, and, you know, live by them and die by them. And really, I hope that as a, as a podcast, as a creator, as a channel, that while... Yes, you come for the UFOs, you come for the dark web evidence of cryptids, uh, real videos of ghosts or, you know, the insights and the conspiracies. You realize that I take this very seriously, that I have sacrificed all of my life uh, to it and to the pursuit of it and to be an advocate of those that also have either given their lives because hundreds of people have died have been killed and silenced for this information over the generations um, and will give their lives to, to tell their story, to tell the truth and to sacrifice all things like reputation, uh, normalcy, um, respect and prestige with your peers, like intimacy with your family, uh, loved ones, wives, significant others, intimate partners, your intimate companionship your jobs, your career, your stability, your money, all of that gone because you need to tell this thing called the truth. And that's a very powerful, powerful thing, the truth, because it means more than all of that I just said combined. And see, that's what they don't want you to know is that once you have the truth, that's all this world was about. So all this world is good for is the truth. And you know, I would like to talk about in this hour um, a lot more about that angle than, you know, discussing uh, the reality of, say, Sasquatch as a ultra-terrestrial, intelligent, you know, species that's not only intelligent but psychologically and spiritually advanced as well. Very at one and zen with themselves, peace with nature, utopian, etc. Like, that's fun, and that is true, but... I take it very seriously. I talk about the the dark side of crimes. I talk about the dark side of these societies. The I talk government. about yeah the government. Fuck you. Well, it's it's fuck you to the whole human species. It's fuck you. 
Yeah, it's fuck you to the human species. It's fuck you to the... Uh, it's I know you're listening. The deep state, the government, um, all manner of tyranny, all manner of injustice, all manner of evil. Hey, is uh, my mic on? No, I don't see my mic on at all. Let me see. Hello, testing, testing, testing. Hello, testing, testing, testing. Hello, can you hear me? Testing, testing, testing. Uh, I gotta reload this and let me try to reload it. They really are getting us. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hello, yes, all right, I'm back online now. They really are kicking our asses. I mean, that, but this is what they can do. They can control the internet. They own the internet. They made the internet. They made this app, probably. If they didn't make this app, then they own the company that did. And if they didn't, then they wouldn't let it be on um, the internet. <laughs> because Just to throw in two things, man. There was one time I was getting super-duper deep into reptilians a while back ago. It was like one of my... It was like in the 32nd episode or something like that. And it cut out. And there was nobody in the room but myself, and I heard heavy breathing. And that last time when you just got kicked out again, there was nobody in the room but myself, only my microphone, and I was hearing heavy breathing again. So I know somebody is physically watching at this point. Most likely. There's also probably, um, you know, I don't even want to alarm you. Um, maybe non-human non-human uh, witnesses and, and spies to this. I would say, you know, some archons. I definitely want you to dig into that and explain a bit because I was assuming that it was more of like a like a flex, like, hey, we're listening. Oh, yeah. I, I want to hear about what, what other possibility it could be. <laughs> well, like a lot of it is, is like I said, this, this seemingly a, omnipresent AI as well as, like I said, it's, it's not only humans but Mankind stretches to cover everything from um, everything that you know, reptilians included. So it could very well be reptilian. Just to throw in another theory on this one, too. I always say before that I always end up having issues, and I'm talking about demons in the system. Um, like, according to your logic of like what demons in the system may theoretically be, do you think that it might be? like, actual, like, what people perceive biblically as, like, demons? Or do you think it's these extraterrestrials that people are perceiving as demons or some other kind of dark force that's finding a way to manifest itself within, like, a virtual system because it can't, you know, manifest itself inside of, like, the physical reality that we presently exist in? Well, in my opinion, in my, my actual research of it, uh, jinn are, or demons, quote-unquote demons, are jinn. Jinn, as a concept of the Middle Eastern or the uh, the Muslim, is the... They're like the brother of mankind, but built not in the flesh and blood world, but in a world of uh, what they call it, smokeless fire, which is like energy. It's different energy on a different light spectrum. Now, these jinn are, in the reality, the physical forms of the Anunnaki out of phase. Now, the Anunnaki, like I said, human beings are one aspect of mankind. Mankind has many diverse physical forms 
And at one point, we all lived in one society. We're giants, human beings of normal size, dwarves, men with horns, men of aquatic, you know, uh, specifics, all lived in one massive society. Like we still do, but we lived very openly. At one point, this ceased to be because it became out of sync, out of phase. And the djinn are one aspect of that, as well as the various disembodied, what we would call disembodied, survivors from that society. They do everything from marry to have political struggle and definitely interact with the daily affairs of mankind when they can, but mostly generally, like I said, wish to exist away from man, wish to keep that territorial line preserved. Demons are like that too. They cannot cross what has already been established as a boundary. The djinn cannot, say for example, steal mankind's free will, but they can provide digital simulation and entertainment through cell phones and have you constantly possessed by their intention. And uh, specifically, to bridge the, the kind of, like I said, fantastic elements of this truth, like demons existing in the internet, the web, the cloud, and um, coming through the internet into people, the words for the internet and Silicon Valley that has provided for us, like the web, things like that, are the English versions of the same root words for the Anunnaki Sumerian gods. The Sumerian Anunnaki gods. Shamash, uh, also known as the spider, or, sorry, uh, Inki, was uh, known and by many names. Shamash was the hammer, and um, one of the names was the spider in the World Wide Web. And these gods are literally the embodiments of personas of AI, of the idea of the Internet, of the idea of a digital, non-physical source of wisdom and intelligence, an intelligence that can be provided and shared without throughout the world, to its followers, to its worshippers, its followers. And that's why when you say like, fo follow, and subscribe, it's the same thing. You're reenacting the same, what we would know as either Ur-Sumerian or Ur-Babylonian intelligences and tapping into that same network. And we are accessing its it, which is also a Sumerian Anunnaki in itself. I highly recommend watching Ancient Mysteries. It's a YouTube channel um, specifically built on breaking down the language and translating it to modern words so that it's less obscure and you understand the meaning is not very distant. The meaning is exactly what we're going through today. In fact, uh, like Philip K. Dick would write about, we are all in one moment. The moment of technology is always the same. They had wireless energy in the 1800s. They had wireless energy in the 1700s. They had wireless energy in the 1600s, 1500s, 1400s. It was just known by different names, and different gatekeepers controlled it. 
if we would like to imagine to keep our superiority that the Sumerians had a priest class that had this ancient mystery knowledge or ancient connection to the AI, software engineers are now our priest class because our software engineers actually know how to invoke these deities, how to create the logic gates, the coding to create these digital realities, these idols, which are now our computers. And like, you know, these, these things are always with history and we have to lie and create the myth of history to hide the fact that we've always had computers. We've always had the internet. It's just operable through different devices before cell phones. For example, they just had black mirrors that they would walk around with. And people like to believe that these medieval alchemists just had black mirrors in their pockets all the time. They were cell phone screens. We just have either lost the, that science or edited that part out that you could literally just pick up a black mirror and have your whole world on it and be communicating people who are not in the room with you, hearing voices, etc. Having knowledge given to you from a black mirror, the black cube, etc. Uh, you know, from it, it keeps going on. It's it's always infinite. It's it's always with us. It's ever present. Its form though always changes, but but no matter how much it changes, it always stays the same. That's a physical effect. Uh, same thing with war. Same thing with all things involving reality in life. No matter what changes, it always stays the same. Um, and this is where their purpose and their desire comes from is to keep these things happening because they serve purposes that are greater than human understanding. Um, war, as it's known today, is nothing but an organized human sacrifice. The reason why America was bombing indiscriminately in the Middle East with double-tap strategies is multifold. But one specific reason was to satiate and invoke these ancient Mesopotamian Sumerian deities, as well as our own possession by jinn. Now, these jinn were native to America. We know them as skinwalkers or the Wendigo. Now, these curses which had existed for thousands of years, way before the Native Americans, and were inherited by them, are both the physical crypto-terrestrial, known as skinwalkers, known as the Wendigo, this rabid, cannibalistic humanoid that can literally shapeshift and mimic various personas of people that it preys upon, to get access to more carnage, to get access to more food. And what is its food? Human beings. So it obviously parasitized and started preying upon first the Native Americans, then the U.S. colonists and army that was sent to deal with the Native Americans, jumping ship from their tribes to the U.S. tribes of the U.S. Army Cavalry and the U.S. Army ranks, rising and exploiting its own psychopathy and bloodlust, rising in power into heads of CEOs and of the political world, assuming these identities, 
wherever it needed to. These are the reptilian overlords. These are the vampiric overlords of the CIA, of the secret societies within the secret societies. They're not human, because mankind means much more than human. But genetically, they are human. But psychologically, they're predators. Psychologically, they have much more in common with wolves than we do, you know, as men. They, they see a man or a woman and they think, kill and devour. Instead of actually, you know, speak to and understand. This is their instinct. This is their first instinct. And what do they control? The largest military apparatus ever known to mankind, the U.S. military that has trillions of dollars of yearly funding, that operates in 120 nations actively nowadays, currently, every year, that had two operations a day in sub-Saharan Africa in 2015, and no one knew about it until 2017, that has committed the largest humanitarian crises ever known to history, and invariably will ultimately destroy the entirety of the world. Ultimately, that no matter what happens, if a nuclear war breaks out, the United States military will be responsible and will ultimately drop the most nuclear weapons. The only military on Earth that's dropped a nuclear weapon was the military controlled by the Skinwalkers. This is not because they want to make the world a better place. They want to destroy it and destroy as many people possible. The only way they can do this and get away with it forever, in perpetuity, sorry, it's late, perpetuity, meaning basically forever, to maximize their amount of carnage, because they don't want to close down their own source of food and ecstasy is to keep this society operating as a world power and to push its military into as many nations as possible, regardless of the logic, regardless of almost the, this, the national suicide that it enforces, because its only goal is carnage. Its only goal is death. And this is why U.S. bombers, U.S. fighter planes, operating off U.S. aircraft carriers drop their bombs, which are laser-guided, intelligent smart bombs, on schools, on hospitals, on weddings, on little kids playing soccer. Because they want to. Because they need to. And because they can't be stopped. Not when they're thinking of them as men. They evolved for this. They evolved to go... In the in the like like wolves in sheep's clothing, amongst the flock. It's the same mimicry, for example, um, like spiders that look like flowers. Are are like you know, uh, it's it's evolution, evolution. It's nature, and that's the biology of so Earth. I, is Earth is just, brutal. Just to throw in a theory on like the, the whole skinwalker thing. So, assumably, uh, you hear a lot of the folklore saying that they originate from humans. Assumably, that's probably folklore that they instilled themselves to try to make humanity see them more as humans so that they can 
go about their trickery. And uh, just adding on to that part also, um, the, uh, sorry, give me one second. The, uh, man, I hate when I do that. I was like, it's like on the tip of my tongue. And then, assumably, like, these things have obviously, like you've said, been around forever, so that's where the whole Uncanny Valley concept comes in, is assumably more so, like, these, these creatures like skinwalkers that are trying to humanize, but again, we still know in the back of our minds that they're not human, but they're going to do everything that they possibly can, like I was saying, manipulating the folklore to make them sound more human-like so that they can get away and kind of pass through camouflage in society. Yes, a lot of it is is because, like we've mentioned before, the reason why we're talking about this is because how intricate their connection with our society is. We would know them as demons. We would know them as jinn because they've helped shape our spiritual and world, like physical worldview. And different religions understand them in their various un, like roles of evil. Um, every society has these evil beings, these, these literal beings. Uh, demonic or, or predatory spirits uh, of malevolence. They're not wrong, though, when they say they are from humans. They are not wrong, though. They are, uh, like all crypto-terrestrials, based on the human form, because the human form is based on what they call the, the body of the universal spirit. The universal spirit is an energy that when it chooses to or when it's in its own existence its spiritual life span which is it's immortal it's a spirit um when it enters into the physical world it enters into a single cell and that single cell divides and has a plan and that plan we know as rna and dna but you cannot extract and read dna without rna but the only RNA blueprints are in DNA. No one can explain biology because in the current scientific world, with their limited scope of knowledge, it is a mystery to even all, to all academia in this illusionary world because you cannot have life from no life. It's called the theory of abiogenesis. Life cannot appear without life. So how did life start with there was no living thing? It's called the spirit of the universe. And that spirit of the universe can animate minerals. It can animate the physical raw components of the universe into life. And that life has a design. And that design is known as intelligence. This is why you have a head. This is why you have arms. This is why you have legs. It's because it had the blueprint in DNA from a single cell. And that single cell does things like make your spine, make your heart, make your brain, make your genitals, make uh, fingernails and hair and your eye color. And all of this that you, that you know as yourself in reality is because of cells, is because of single cells. So, yes, they are right in saying that at some point we share a very common spirit. But the thing is, that spirit 
is even mysterious to us. It's in human nature to be carnivorous. It's in human nature, nature to be predatory. It's in human nature to be evil, to lie. All evil in the universe is found in the human heart. Meaning that all evil in the universe is shared by the same spirit of the universe, the spirit of one, the law of one. They indulge into it, and that has shaped their being. They're not to blame for it, because they are who they are. Just like this same spirit of the universe becomes the sheep and men who kill the sheep to eat the sheep's flesh. That is a soul eating itself, a God experiencing itself. When one man kills another man, it is the same spirit killing itself to understand both the killing and the death. And in many ways, when a skinwalker or vampire eats a human being, that is God eating itself. These are the theories and philosophies that the Secret Space Program has very heavily instilled into me. And, and, and through my own personal story, it goes into even greater explorations of these philosophies but that is the stark and existentially terrifying um, fact of all life, of all biology, extraterrestrial or human, is that it comes from the same universal spirit of oneness, uh, Brahma in Hindu, for example. And, and this is not contradictory, it's just, this is the spiritual aspect of all things. Brahma, for example, in Hindu... Uh, it becomes Vishnu, and Vishnu has its b millions of, of avatars, which are all creatures on Earth and all people who have ever lived. And even that's just the dream of Vishnu. The dream appearing from the lotus flower growing from his navel as he slumbers in a celestial cosmic uh, god body. And he is only the physical avatar of Brahma, the life force. Which is exactly the spirit of one into the body of mankind, into the millions of different avatars of that body who all battle each other for uh, eternity in, in spiritual fights of goodness and, and evil, karma. Now, the problem is karma, because skinwalkers develop massively bad karma. Because, like I said, they are all things material and evil. But when you look at, say, for example, the U.S. military, which I have the first-hand experience with, with active duty warfare experience in this timeline, that the only reasons these things exist the way they do in bad karma is because they're controlled by bad karma creatures. Uh, you, can you can separate humanity from these bad karma creatures because the general impulse and instinct of a human being is not bad karma. It's good karma. People are generally good. People may be already living in a dark age in a world of ignorance, but a person's heart is generally one of light and kindness. The forces that control us are not human. They are reptilian, vampiric, who are treating humans, once again, like livestock. A cow is generally a creature of freedom. We put them in stockades. We kill them for their meat. We treat them like 
slaves, like, you know, less than living animals, less than creatures that have any emotion or intelligence, because we are evil and we generate this bad karma. Like I said, our soul is capable of good and bad karma too, and this is our sin. And because of that, we lower our vibration enough to be preyed upon by other creatures who do the same thing to us. Like we do to the pig. Or the chicken. Which is, you know, doom it. So, so uh, going into like, uh, like the blood aspect of it, so when it comes to like reptilians and things, um, are they ingesting human blood for the aspect of trying to achieve some type of like eternal physical life? Or is that mainly just like a human construct that kind of comes into play about if you take the life essence of something else, uh, essentially you can absorb that life essence and be able to essentially live longer. Um, and then building off of that even more so, I guess, is um, when it comes to these people that people claim are like reptilians, but they're like the, uh, I guess you could say like the people that are almost like possessed, like they're not like a solid like reptilian. It's like a human that's kind of like ingested by a reptilian. Does ingesting blood is that what keeps them so that they have like their power like that's that's like their hunger to make it so that they can still maintain the power in order to possess that that person that they're they're temporarily taking over or physically taking over forever that's a big question uh as simple as a concept of why these people commit vampirism that's a big question many people have different reasons for it it's either medical um or like you said pure once again went off it went off as soon as i started talking about that I mean, this is insane that the government is trying to stamp me out that much and silence me. As soon as I started talking about vampirism, it went off. Like, as soon as I got the word out of my mouth, it went boom. Just... Okay, they really didn't like the vampire one. They really didn't like us talking about vampirism. But okay... So vampirism. That time we didn't even get a didn't even get a, any kind of lag warning. It just went. The reason why people are vampiric is, and then it just dropped. Boom. <laughs> hey, that, exactly. It it reminds me of Forrest Gump when he gives the speech in uh in front of the reflection pool. You know, the guy, the general pulls all the cords out and he gives the speech and the microphones off and he's all like, and that's all I gotta say about that. And then the guy's, you know, Abby Hall. It's you know, people don't realize the government's just pulling all the cords out so no one hears the truth. Um, but yeah, like. Uh, vampirism, there's many different reasons for that. There's as well as many different reasons for the reptilian possession and caste system. Um, for example, yes, there are both reptilians who cloak themselves with holographic technology as well as skin suits and their own camouflage abilities to act like people and assume roles in our society as well as colonize our planet and live amongst us, yes, there are people who are ancient bloodlines who have hybridized themselves with reptilian DNA for various reasons. Everything from fashion to sexual fetish to genetic uh, superiority. And they did this in ancient timelines and have survived as closely guarded clans from the ancient world onward. These are survivors of Atlantis. These are survivors of um, the the world of before Babel and things like that, the world of Babylon. 
like I said, we've always had technology, and it was very in vogue in ancient Babylon to hybridize your DNA, like CRISPR technology, with reptilian DNA. So you would have scales, you would have eye slits, you would have a forked tongue, and have the reptilian abilities slash like genetic sequence, more reptile than man. This is all part of when things started breaking off into cryptozoological categories, because you would have like snake people, like Naga, and they were an entire cast in these old societies because everything lived together. You'd have minotaurs, bullmen, for example, men who had their DNA augmented with like other various traits of animals and stuff. Um, these bloodlines have survived. They also require blood. They like to do this for their occult rituals. Uh, blood sacrifice is a power move, for example. Uh, drinking blood lets people know you're very serious about certain things, um, like crime. You know, like, hey, you want to be a part of my organized crime cult? How about we kill a baby and drink its blood? Because, you know, it, you, you, could, you wouldn't do that if you were an undercover cop. <laughs> you would do that if you want to be serious about joining, like, this <laughs> Chinese vampire mafia. Which is not like, people can drink blood... For no reason besides they just want to do it. And absolutely, it, it runs from the spectrum of it being just high fashion for wannabe vampires to actual, yeah, these aren't humans. These are fucking, like, lizards who process adrenaline and an adrenochrome through the fear of their victims. And it has to be living blood, so they, like, milk a human being for blood um, rather than drink them all at once. It's like a process that takes multiple days of pure agony and torture of bloodletting. Um, these, these are absolute practices. There are cults, but that don't have any, any other reason besides to drink blood uh, purely for symbolic spiritual reasons, but they still do. They still, and it has very significant reasons for them in their own esoteric and, and super obscure practices and uh, Christian uh, cultism, for example. And these would be known as vampires, you know, human vampires. They're, but various different reasons um, for this blood consumption. The Countess Bathory, for example. Uh, Countess Bathory used blood to bathe in because she thought it was a beauty regiment. But still, this killed 600 of her servant girls throughout her lifetime because she needed this blood. For whatever reasons, they need the blood. It's 100% is seeing people as a resource or seeing people for this purpose um, and being cruel and sadistic and psychopathic. Always that's the case, no matter what species you're talking about, because we are intelligent, and just like human beings may need meat, we don't need to eat chimpanzees, and we don't need to, like, drink their blood, because it's never really a necessity for any of these. It's a necessity only for the most predatory and depraved vampiric species of these, but generally there are workarounds they are intentionally being cruel. And this is one of the taboos of the Great Law of One, 
is that you cannot prey upon intelligent species. Um, people are very surprised by that because everyone thinks aliens eat human beings. And it's extremely taboo for this to occur based on this universal law on principle of one. Um, you don't eat a dolphin. You can, but you don't. Because it's taboo. You know, like, you don't eat a dog. You can, and you wouldn't drink a dog's blood and think of yourself as a higher being because you're intentionally being cruel to this intelligent, loving animal that you know has a heart and can feel pain, and you're inflicting pain upon it simply to satisfy a perversion or a sadism to get this resource that you think is a drug. Now, that's why I'm saying, once you say, well, a man doing that to a dog, that's unforgivable. They're doing that to people. They're doing that to children. They're doing that to people they raise intentionally underground as livestock. Like, um... They, they don't even hunt real people anymore. They just have people that are born literally for this purpose that they keep in dungeons and stuff. They've been doing this generationally as members of the ruling class and various elements of society. Yeah. Um, but they also, they like said, if like, they've instituted this thing, which is why we have blood drives, which is why we have plasma donation centers. Why that is 2% of the American economy. Blood is in almost all the food that's processed in America. Human fetal tissue is in most of processed foods. And no one stops and asks why. It's because they rule the system that we live in. It's absolutely a choice of theirs but we're all involuntarily being damned by participating in these blood rituals, which are extremely bad karma. And they are doing this in ways that people can't even imagine. Um, do you know, for example, the, the creation of pig-human hybrids is part of this. Uh, and I know this for a fact, that they were starting to create hybridized human and pigs so that, quote-unquote, they could grow human organs in pigs, or rather pig organs that could be transplanted into human beings like hearts, like livers, etc. But this was to put those pig-human hybrids into the circulation of pork meat so that people would be involuntarily eating human flesh and keeping it all in one giant system, as well as to be able to raise pigs with human blood in them to keep their need for supply always safe. So even if you were able to save all the people from vampires, they would now have a pig that can give them human blood and human organs to eat. Like I said, it's, it's a choice that they go and, say, kidnap a homeless person and then eat them. That is a choice to that circumstance but they have created entire societies to feed this lust for blood. Because that's what it is. It's a lust. It's a fetish. It's not necessary for survival, but it absolutely directs every instinct of their life. Going on to the, uh, the other side of it, too, um, like the drug aspect of it, when you're talking about adrenochrome specifically, 
Um, you made reference earlier about uh, getting onto different like uh, vibrational planes and kind of being able to interact with different things when you're on uh, psychedelic substances. Um, there's not a lot of references as to what the euphoric uh, senses that you get from adrenochrome, but you know, in Fear Loathing in Las Vegas, they almost kind of make it look like it's kind of like a psychedelic type of substance. Uh, that being said, do you think that, of course, there's like the regular blood, and then there's like the the fear, the fear-filled adre- like adre- adrenochrome, adrenaline blood. Do you think that it has a psychoactive effect on their mind where they can or they think that they are speaking to gods or their gods, and that's kind of like why they're entailing this message is because they have this like uh, this speak to God moment when they're ingesting adrenochrome. And then it kind of just like plays out the rest of them creating either a totally made up scenario because of a psychedelic substance, or they're actually are making a uh, connection when they use adrenochrome. Like I said, it depends on, on many circumstances and understanding adrenochrome. Cause yes, it is a drug. Um, it's, it's highly addictive as well. So not only is the psychedelic aspect of it, but the addiction side of it, because it's the combination of a, it's like a highly addictive LSD. And when you are under LSD, you become susceptible to programming, susceptible to brainwashing, susceptible to influence, like cultural hijacking or mental hijacking. Um, you know, and that's what their cults and these organizations, these secret societies, they're, it's, it's multilayered. They get new recruits. They make them drink the adrenochrome. Then they can feed them the adrenochrome uh you know, they get them addicted to it, so now they'll always be at their mercy. They Their lifespans are physically shortened if they don't have the adrenochrome, so it's leverage, as well as they are now mentally more receptive to the brainwashing of the cult and the activities of the cult because the ends justify the means. Uh, it's why, say, for example, adrenochrome symbolism is like children and candy and like pizza. And things like that. Because it becomes something that to them is so normal. And and it it's, there's many aspects to it. Like I said, it's not just the effect of the drug. It's it's everything that, that goes around it. The social setting. The, the fact that orgies are oftentimes performed with the adrenochrome usage. Adrenochrome is an aphrodisiac. Adrenochrome is a male stimulant. It's a mostly a male stimulant. It gives people very strong erections. And um, orgies, especially homosexual orgies, with adrenochrome are extremely popular in the very dark occult worlds of all politics and all religions. Uh, they have this dark closet. It's secret. Now that, for example, it's like it it like increases the the viability of it and the desirability of it in these circles. And this is not just uh, the the things that need to eat it to survive. We're not talking vampires who need the blood to survive. They need that adrenaline because they can't produce their own. And if they didn't have it, they would just die. You know, but because they have it, they live very long. We're talking about recreational humans using it, like humans in celebrity culture or occult culture who are using it to get high. Um, yes, you do need it to live. So if they don't have it, they will physically go through withdrawals like heroin, and they may suffer cardiac failure, seizures, etc. 
But while they're on it, I don't think it is connection to a divine being. I don't think it is connection to a, a higher being. I think it's a lower being. I think the blood forces them into an existential void. And it frees them from their awareness of the existential debt that they're forming by doing this. I think it actually kills the soul. It is the ego death that everyone is always talking about. But in their case, because they know that they are, one, not going to die, but forever live in states of hell, that this is the closest they will get to death, which is the extinguishing of the psyche, of the inner monologue, of the voice inside your head, the conscience that the blood, the adrenochrome, actually kills that. And they operate as physical beings, like animals. Now, obviously... This kind of reminds me of LSD mixed with PCP at that point, then, because yes. they say that PCP pretty much gets rid of that voice of reason in your head. So it's exactly. like LSD and PCP mixed together on steroids. Exactly. Presumably, this is a whole level of control that there's, of course, the higher beings above it, and they're using this as an addictive substance to get the elites to be under their control. So we're looking at the elites like they're in control, but realistically there's more things above them, and they're just slaves to those things, yes. and they're using adrenochrome as something to enslave them. But we're looking at it from a different perspective because you know we can't achieve that thing, but realistically you don't want to achieve that thing anyways because, again, it's just another level of control over the elites. Well, yes, it's very complex in that way, and it's hard to explain because you're like – there are many things going on during this blood orgy. Like, let's say hypothetically, let's just like create the scenario. Uh, DC Pizzagate blood orgy, right? Okay, so what the fuck is going on in these Pizzagate, Pizza Comet, fucking, two th remember 2016? Everyone does. It was awesome. Uh, not saying like, yeah, I was all over that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That shit was like fucking obvious, right? So you got Pizzagate, Comet Pizza. Uh, it's been memory hold the fuck, but you got James Alephantis there, all that stuff. I'm not saying James Elephantus was a fucking reptile. I am saying he's a pedophile, and he would like to fuck little kids in the ass. But the blood that they were drinking during the frazzle drip thing, that was a human sacrifice. The pizza sauce thing, that was something that was available there as a drug den, like an opium parlor. An opium den, where people, junkies, come to a central location to do this substance, and it's safeguarded, Right? And it's extremely exclusive, so thus they have to pay into this power structure. They have to be initiated and allowed and invited. But once they're in this DC elite, political elite thing, there's, a, there's everything from the actual institutions themselves blackmailing and recording and using it to vet their agents as well as a safe spot to exchange uh, information and orders. They use it as a way to uh, ensure loyalty as well as reward or punish uh, you know, their own membership. Uh, these purely mundane and profane things like matter vampires, shadow people, djinn, of various invisible qualities were all there enjoying the chaos enjoying the suffering enjoying the murder enjoying the actual physical blood uh the adrenochrome in the blood but also the blood itself 
has DNA, and DNA is, it has light to it. It has an aura. It has an energy. It's not just adrenochrome. It's everything from the growth hormones to the the white blood cells to plasma to, um, you know, like I said, there's so much information in a drop of blood that within that one drop of blood, you could reconstruct the actual DNA to, to have entire arc libraries worth of information. And there is that being traded as well. Uh, people don't realize this. There are creatures that when they drink blood can inherit memories. They can inherit things like feelings and dreams. And they use that to further their goals and acting like human beings and creating this root life which they don't have. They don't have feelings. They don't have emotions. They don't have histories. They don't, but they need those things within their systems. For whatever reasons, they need those things. That's important as well. And, and this is all because it's of various things, like I said. like So while this is happening, you could have multiple different parties from people who are like in um, Aztec blood temple cults in modern day America. And they could be using the human sacrifice there to fulfill rites involving fertility or involving their solar worship or something. They could uh, be right next to, like shoulder to shoulder with just a psychosexual pedophile who wants just to watch a child die and then uh, abuse the corpse. They could be also in the same room with a reptilian hybrid who is feeding off the louche in the room from everybody, like psychically just, just getting more powerful and high. They could be in the same room with a invisible djinn who is manipulating the whole situation simply to destroy more of his ancient enemy, the men, the, the human things, you know, the mankind. Uh, there could be multiple things going on, as well as the victims themselves having various degrees of importance. These people could be from various bloodlines. These people could have various blood types. These people could have various uh, futures or reasons for their sacrifice that are not immediately apparent or, or even um, properly understood or even known by anyone in the room. You know, like the, the reason why these kids are picked, the reason why anyone's picked are selected could be random circumstance. You were a homeless person. They needed a victim that night for the party. They just threw you in a van and now you're going to get, you know, cut up in some hostel like type room, you know, by Hillary Clinton or somebody, you know, who's just going to like fucking finger herself while she's like chopping your fingers off or something, you know, like that could happen or it could be through divine purpose. Like, yeah, like, you know, you were, um, selected. See, they went off with the Hillary Clinton. Um, joke. The fucking zapped him, zapped him. Censorship. Can't say certain names, but we're gonna say them anyway. Fuck them. It's gonna be a fun thing to listen to later on. This entire performance has been very, uh, very fun for me. I eat the CIA censorship like candy. Sweet, sweet candy. Yeah, it zapped me when I said Hillary Clinton. 
Yeah, but uh, I was gonna say, kick this again. <laughs> of course, I I eat the CIA up like candy. I love it exactly. This is all just validation that what I'm thinking about and what I'm getting to is is correct. That is, you can't think of it as one thing, and it's not. It's many things working together to create one thing. It's like a it's like a puzzle made of puzzles. And each piece is a puzzle. And each piece of that piece is a puzzle. And it all creates one singular picture that I don't think anyone's ever really seen yet from this vantage point. And like I said, I have memories. I have my own intelligence on the situation, my own expertise and my own experience. But it's just mine, and it's only from my eyes. I don't have any knowledge outside of my own personal experience. And there's a lot of things I'm still having to research too. Like how could this all be uh, part of the same system and the plan and, and everything. It's not like it paints a good picture. It's not like it paints a positive picture about the universe or the world or, or even life itself. But it is an accurate picture of life, what's going on. Is that it's not black and white and it's not uh, one or the other. It's not us versus them. It is a, like, it is it is the same thing, though, that has always been happening. Since the days of the Aztecs, when they were killing people on their temples for the pyramid, the sacrifices of the sun. Since the days of the witch trials. Since the days of the Roman Colosseum. Since the days of, uh, you know, the Persian Empire. It's always been happening like this where it's a combination of various factors from the human darkness to the inhuman predatory-prey relationship or parasite-prey relationship, that this is reality. This is the world we live in. So you got a little bit of a lag right at the end there. <laughs> but, I'm- uh... I guess uh, since we're rolling at about about two hours here now, and uh, I know you could definitely go longer, but with the constant legs, uh, I guess it's probably a good part in the, part in the conversation where we can take a pause until we do a part two. Um, I always like to leave with some uh, words of wisdom, and you know, you've been preaching constant words of wisdom all night, but uh, if you'd like to briefly just make a, make a quick words of wisdom that you'd like to bestow on the listeners, what would it be? Knowledge is power. And, you know, I'll keep it as short as that. Knowledge is power. And so never be afraid to know because the more power to you, it's the only way to free yourself from mental slavery is to face these truths and it's never to shut yourself off from it or to be, you know, if you're the, the, the first day you say, um, you know, it's unbelievable. That's the day they got you because, you know, it's, it's, there's so much to know that you have to start as fast as possible and you never get to, you never get, you never get enough. You'll never get all of it. You'll, you, it's like, it's like, you know, it's, it's the most important thing in the universe is knowledge. And all knowledge is based in truth. So knowledge is power because truth is power. And no matter what happens, to you because of it, no matter what happens, what after you know you learn it, 
no matter what changes you go through, um, as long as you keep to that tenet, that truth and knowledge are power, then then you'll be in the right direction for everybody who's thinking about doing this at home or starting to research or set out on making a podcast of their own or a YouTube channel. Um, just know that just just have that one guiding light that you're seeking truth, that you're trying to tell the truth, that you're standing in your truth. And, uh, you know, that that's all that there is, really. Like, to, to all of it, all human nature, all pursuit, everything is truth and knowledge. I uh, absolutely love everything that you've had to come, that you brought to the show today. And uh, for anybody else that enjoyed the conversation, and I'm sure they did because you have had so many truth bombs you've had to drop that I guarantee if you follow you, you're going to have constant new things popping up. And honestly, man, you're, you're just a plethora of knowledge, and I can't get enough of what you have to say. But for anybody that wants to come and find your stuff, why don't you let them know where they can come find all your work at? One link to rule them all. That's Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. That brings up the directory of all my web activity, all my social media pages, my own uh, web page, podcast, uh, podpage.com slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. Uh, it's all available through Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan, all one word, all lowercase. Uh, you guys know how to use Linktree uh, by now, but if you wanted to search on the engines, just Beyond Top Secret Texan, uh, I'm on that. I'm with that name on as many different channels as possible. Go to YouTube at Beyond Top Secret Texan. Go to Instagram at Beyond Top Secret Texan. You go to uh, TikTok at Beyond Top Secret Texan. All of it across the board, Beyond Top Secret Texan. So just search that name and you'll find my efforts. I have over 300 episodes on the podcast, over 500 episodes on the YouTube channel. Uh, thousands of videos, social media. So if you want to binge watch or catch up or just, you know, really fall down a rabbit hole, definitely recommend the content that I've already created. You can check out the episodes on an archive. They go back, um, you know, to 2020. Same thing with the YouTube videos. When I started this was three years ago, don't plan on stopping. So definitely, uh, catch up while you can. And if you have questions, hit me up. Feel free to DM me or anything. But chances are I've already spoken about or covered a subject that you want to talk about in those 500-plus episodes on YouTube or 300-plus episodes on the podcast. But, you know, definitely I will direct you or give you a link to any one of those episodes. Um, if, if it's relevant to your subject, just DM me on Instagram, DM me on Twitter. Always, uh, you know, to say you heard me here or say, you know, you're, you're following the channel and I'll always uh, have time to respond. So, yeah, you can also check me out on Telegram, all that good stuff. But Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan is, has all of it um, currently active on there. So, yeah, go check out that Linktree. Oh, got a lag. Are you back? Yeah, I think I think we're working out. Yeah. I uh, really appreciate you making the time to come on the show today, man. And I'm really looking forward to the next time we get to have a conversation. No problem. Yeah, definitely invite me on uh, round two or uh, invite me to the other program and uh, definitely to be down for that. Appreciate it, man. No problem. No problem. uh, Hit and recording here. Dude, that was a...
dude, there's so so many fucking tech issues that were ridiculous. I'm like trying to keep up with uh, everything that you're saying, and you just had so much to say, dude. I had so many questions, but you were uh, you were on a good flow, man. I didn't want to interrupt you. Well, no, uh, there yeah. was a couple times that I, I had to pop in for two seconds to ask a question, but it's not <laughs> your fault. No, no, it was a great interview. Yeah, it was. It's not your fault. It's just that they kept attacking us and 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 uh, hacking into our feed and and shutting it down. I counted five times that the feed was shut down within two hours. Dude, it probably honestly was happening more than that, too, because most of the time I had, like, a little build-up to it, but the last three times that it happened, it was like you were working perfectly smooth and it just straight dipped out and kicked yep. you out of the room. Yep, I uh, I saw that. It was it's, it's, it's too many times for it to be natural. I got strong internet connection here and everything, and it's just, it's obvious that it was outside... Uh, outside attacks, you know, there's nothing you could have done on your side, so don't worry about it. Definitely invite me back whenever you have the time on this program or the other program, and I'll uh, come back to talk to you for another two hours. Oh, yeah, dude, I definitely would love to sit and listen, too, man. I, I feel like we only scratched the surface on where your brain was going, man, because you kept getting side to tiered where it was like as soon as you're starting to go heavy into something, they kick it off, and then we'd start up on a new topic, man. Like, yep. <laughs> we'll have to just uh, go back through and all the topics you got cut off on, <laughs> come back for round two and dig back into them. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, definitely look forward to that, man. But I know it's uh, getting late and everything like that, so yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and publish what I got on my end, and uh, what are you going to publish what you got on your end? Um, so I'll have to check the exact date. I think I'm about like two weeks or so out. So this probably won't drop for about two weeks if that's okay with you. Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Yes. And, uh, stay in contact. I, let, I let you go too. I, I'm going to pull your link tree off of the Instagram, but uh, if you got like a picture of your logo or something that I can use for the, uh, like cover art and stuff, you oh, don't yeah. mind sending it to me. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just stay in contact on Instagram. Let me send you that information, that little, uh, cover sheet right now. All right. Yeah, definitely, though. Um, looking forward to round two, buddy. Looking forward. But, yeah, yeah let me good, let me look at – let me look for right now. I think I got it right on me. Um, yeah, here you go. Gotcha. All right, sent you a logo. Sweet. And then uh, I'll probably be editing this in the next, like, day or two. So as soon as I know the exact date, I'll shoot you a message and I'll let you know the exact date. And I'll send you, like, the cover art and all that kind of stuff if you want to, like, repost it and everything. Gotcha. Gotcha. No problem, man. Been a blast. Yeah, definitely, dude. I, I was going to ask you one question before you went just because I'm, I'm curious. And I, I ask a lot of people this. And you tend to dig on the deep web a lot. Uh, you were making reference to, like, Frazzle Drip. Have you actually found that yourself? I have not found the video, but I have found screenshots of the security camera and uh, what is purported to be the actual face itself, with the faceless girl. So, still photography, yes, but the actual video, no. Um... I do believe it's real, though, and I think a lot of people have seen it. It's the same one with the security camera footage of the basement, and it's Hillary Clinton and uh, Huma Abedin on a ping-pong table, and they're tripping balls on the fucking adrenochrome, and they're, like, laying there, like, basically having this, like, trip. Uh, and there's photos of the actual girl and then the face itself. Um, now... I don't think that video does exist, though, to be honest, that by now, especially, that 
Hillary Clinton actually killing this girl. Uh, but I do have a video of Jimmy Podesta, James Podesta, uh, the daddy video, the shower one from World Core. I do have that video. So that is real. Is that the one where he's like telling people to call him Slappy and stuff? Yeah, there's like there's a small child. It appears to be, I think, a six-year-old boy, six to ten-year-old boy in a shower. And the shower, it's it's in a dark bathroom, except there's, like, disco lights playing, like, in the shower, and, uh, like, a strobe light. Uh, and the shower is running, I'm assuming, either cold water or super hot water. And there is a voice behind the camera as they're filming this child be tortured, and he's, he, you can hear his voice, it's very clear, and he's like, uh, call me daddy, uh... Jimmy and the guy's like, uh, you know, the, it keeps going on and on and on. Yeah, it's the one he's like, call me this. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm not, I'm your father, I'm your father, and he's like yelling at, and this boy's just crying. He's in pain and misery, and absolutely. Um, I also have the one with uh, Stephen Colbert. Um, paint has a face painted, and there's a scared and crying child who's obviously in a state of distress. Um, with the same face paint as the music video from Gautier's, someone I used to know, and he's got the wig and he's singing, um, and they're both nude because uh, of the, the body paint thing, and that is real. Um, so Stephen Colbert has also got a video out there of him singing that, and that was the same child. It's been deduced as is a famous missing persons case. This is how tangential it all, but it's all related. So, if you look at true crime, there's a very famous case of a woman, a mother, who brought her kid, son, out of school, took him on a road trip, and the last known location was at a hotel, and is seen leaving this hotel with the child, comes back to the hotel, and then kills herself. And in the suicide note, claims that the father was abusive and that the child is now with people who will love him. And the child that is missing is the same child in this video. So Stephen Colbert had this child purchased. And then there is, uh, of course, where is this child now? And the implication being that the child is dead because they killed this child. After sodomizing This was uh, all the stuff, like, when I first started, like, like, I was always into, like, like, you know, cryptids, all that kind of stuff. But when I really started digging into, like, the Hollywood elite kind of conspiracy and, like, the whole, like, pedophilia and adrenochrome thing, this was, like, the, the start of that was, like, uh, Pizzagate, Frazzle Drip, all that kind of stuff. So it's, like, obviously I've, you know, heard about all these videos. I know about all these videos, but I've never actually, like, found them myself. But it's one of those things that I'm sure, you know, you'd probably be able to answer, but it's, like, it, you want to know they exist, but at the same time, though, it's, like, not stuff you want to see, but at the same time, though, it's, like, you want to know for a fact they exist, you know? Uh, I absolutely understand that, and the dark web is one of those things that people are, like, um, they're extremely interested in, but it's, you know, it's the culture that we both all grew up in. I grew up on the internet culture, 4chan, since 2004, and so uh, not only having seen it, but then wanting to pursue it myself, not in a way, though, that's, like, uh for pleasure, but in a way that it's like, this is serious. And people don't realize how important like of an iceberg that shit is like, um, the 
because sometimes it's like again you want to you want to talk about this you want to get the shit out but it's like you know in the back of your mind again it's like that the internal battle of like you don't really want to see it but yeah. you need to see it in order yeah. to get that like fire and also just know that it is true so that you can keep preaching about it and like a detective has to see a murdered body. A detective has to see a murder. They have to see the murdered body. They have to see the crime for them to make sense of it and to eventually try to stop it or bring someone to justice. And then they have to go through the course of being a victim. These are tragic. These are extremely negative things. The um, same thing with child porn and child abuse is that FBI agents have to watch it. They have to go through all the videos and painstaking detail and forensics. You have to do autopsies on corpses who are rotten. You have to find the bodies and then bring them in and then do the forensic evidence on it. It's terrible work. It's soul killing. It, it's, it's revolting. It is absolutely an untouchable type taboo of the soul. But it's 100% how the real investigation, the real world process works. And I'm not doing so much as that. I'm just watching the evidence as it is online and they try to hide. Um, now, a lot of it is, yeah, like I'm a private investigator. I'm a advocate, a defendant, and a, a private investigator. And I consider myself just as a part of that, that true crime family as anyone who's trying to solve a murder or anything else. You're going to see some... It's there, and it shouldn't be secret. They should try to advertise as much as possible because they need people to realize it's just taboo. It's taboo because of its cardinality, of its realness, of its... I've seen boys cut in half, stuffed into cardboard boxes. I've seen little girls sodomized to death. I've seen um, Daisy's destruction. I've seen all of it, and and even more than I care to mention... uh, right now just because I don't like to even think about everything that I've already gone through and seen. And it's just one of those things that that's, it's dark web for a reason. It's not because it's secret. It's just that the subject matter is extremely dark and it's all available on online. And it has been 10 years ago. It was like very much the heart and engine of the internet was this massive body of, near taboo level but almost universally proliferated and um uploaded subject matter and but it's existed before the internet it existed during the vhs era it existed during the real to real era it existed during the silent movie era it existed well before uh fucking video cameras were invented it's uh, it's just a part of reality that is unspeakable, and that is the ceremonial purchase of people, slavery, uh, in a modern-day sense. It's what it is, and it's the pornography of it, it's the sadism, it's the snuff aspect of it. But, you know, 2,000 years ago, they were fighting, they were killing Christians in gladiator, in coliseums and feeding them to lions. It's the same species same culture it's it's us that's who we are as humanity and um i think it's at least optimistically getting better that that's considered taboo nowadays and not considered just something that they do 
I mean, going back to the ancient Greeks, it was normal for them to have like a little boy apprentice that they would regularly have sex with, and that was just part of society. And, exactly. You know, that's one thing they like to leave out in history. <laughs> or, or the fact that, um, exactly, like, you know, that people in America were buying slaves specifically just to have sex with them and then kill them. That That's what that's a big part of what American slavery was. Uh, believe it or not, that's a huge part of who these families were. That's how they got powerful and rich, is because they would do things like this and just think it was like Sunday. Like, uh, uh, like Thomas Jefferson, how many uh, slaves is he linked to having lineage because he was regularly having sex with his slaves? Well, they found <laughs> bodies in Benjamin Franklin's basement. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that, and that was like half covered up. I remember hearing one little story about it where somebody talked about it, and I haven't heard anything about it since. There's rumors that George Washington ate people. Oh, that would make sense with the wooden teeth. <laughs> well, like no, I, I'm I'm absolutely dead serious that there are, there are rumors that cannibalism was in is in Washington. Uh, George Washington was a cannibal, at least the sac- oh, sacramental. I'm agreeing with you. I mean, yeah. I would explain partly why his teeth were falling out is I'm sure that it's one of those things where your body rots from the inside if you're ingesting flesh that you're not supposed to ingest. So I mean, that that could fall in with the whole thing of why his teeth were fucked up and he had the the wooden teeth is because his body was decaying from eating human flesh like regularly. Well, there's a there's a lot to say about that too. Like, um, like the the people who are actually in charge and what the what these people, the families, were getting up to and what they keep alive. Like the things that we know now, as say like hard candy, a child pornography, which is uh, the term that's used for the. Uh, sadistic abuse and emotional cruelty afflicted against children for sexual pleasure. That is one of the worst kinds of child pornography in existence. But that originates from people being able to just buy children. And during the Great Depression, for example, people were selling their children uh, and things like that. So it wasn't even a hundred years ago. Like we're now just bordering the point of the century where the Great Depression happened, where people were just selling their children uh, because they just they couldn't afford to feed them, so they were just giving them away, and like you know for profit. And so it's a very dark time. Like like we live in a very good safe time. But we've had a very dark recent history as well as an ancient history. So you don't have to look into ancient world. You just have to look into like, like what orphanages were really like, what workhouses were like, what Catholic schools are like, uh, and things like that. And you're like, oh, sh-, like that. These were, these became taboo because those became taboo. But 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 when they were normal, this was just normal. Like, people just beat children. Like, they just, they were just thinking nothing of, what did you do today? Oh, well, uh, one of the orphans that works on our farm was acting up, so I beat her until she was unconscious. And she was screaming the entire time, and that's just, I, I'm just the, the father figure. And that was just known as a family. And And while we have the goodness of our hearts to know that that's wrong and perverse to think that that was how what that's what, what we became known as families was does that they were nuclear systems built on abuse and and just violence and tyranny and that things like fathers 
are the main abusers of their children. And you don't have to go very far outside of like, oh, uh, celebrity culture. No, you just look inside a family. Just look inside every single family and you'll find the exact same blueprint for what abuse these ruling class present to us. Because it was just considered like, yeah, you pull down your kid's pants and then you hit their bare ass with a leather belt until they cry. And that's how you teach them right versus wrong. And that becomes sexualized. That becomes fetishized to this hard candy type child snuff. And then you get things like Jimmy Podesta. Oh, well, he seems to have gone, but that seems to be a good enough point to, to end the conversation as it is. So yeah, we'll be saving this for its release date and everything. Thank you guys for sticking around. Thank you guys for joining me on the inquiries of reality. I've been the Beyond Top Secret Texan. You've listened to the Beyond Top Secret Texan broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. It's my pride and privilege to be doing so. So thank you all very much. God bless you and your families. Peace out.